0: What's going on, buddy?
1: Hey, what's up, man?
0: Just another uh, beautiful day here. A lot more sunlight at the end of the day, finally.
1: Yeah. What is this? Um, What are we at? Number five? This is number five, man. Yeah? Numero cinco. You been enjoying it? That's a good time, man. Yeah, for sure. You
0: know, I think uh, we've had some laughs. We've talked about a couple serious topics. Some heroes. Yeah. We've talked about your favorite thing, which uh, I don't know if you heard that sound. (laughs) The old Joe. Yeah. Well, cup of so, coffee. dude, I
1: brought you something, all right? Just brewed this. First I ground it, and then oh, nice. I brewed it. Got it here in my little, um, what are these things called? The Stanley Thermos. Oh, man, a classic. Yeah. So, this is an Ethiopian Supernatural is what they call it. You can only get it select hmm. times at Pete's. I just want oh, to have yeah, you taste it's it. good, dude. Yeah, and let me know kind of what, what you think of with your first taste. Dude, that's good, man. You taste any like notes of anything? No, cause I just burnt the, <laughs> the crap out of my tongue.
0: Yeah, I guess thermos. Is it really that hot? Thermoses keep coffee pretty hot, <laughs> but it make, it does make me think of uh, I don't know if you watch Kirby Enthusiasm. No. Uh, so it's one of my favorite shows. My wife and I watch it all the time, but they just came back with season ten after a two year break and uh one of the uh one of the characters that larry david always battles with this guy named mocha joe right he mm-hmm. you owns know, a coffee shop and larry went in there to get a cup of coffee in the first episode of the season and he takes a sip and you know he's like it's not hot enough it's cold and mocha joe loses his mind like what do you mean it's, it's not hot enough he goes it's not hot. i should burn my tongue i should burn my lips it's not hot enough this is hot enough uh, then they they go into uh, the next I think two episodes later they talk about the importance of the beans. Yeah, right? it's all about the beans. For sure. So
1: is that just a spoof or is that true? It's all about the beans. No, I mean it's beans are huge, but I think some people also need to understand that it's about good water. A lot of people mm. just go get regular tap water. I always use like a spring water. Some people use like a what's the one with the electrolytes called the. Um uh, I can't think of it now. Is it the the clear bottle with like the plus Yeah, sign it's on like it? 5 bucks for a gallon. Yeah. <laughs> what, <it's, laughs> that's over my budget. Yeah. <laughs> um or like yeah, so you got to have good water. The way I do it, you got to get your grind right. A lot of people have just junk grinders. Like you got to have hmm. a burr grinder so that you have a consistency in the grind. And then you got to have the right water temperature, which is just off of a boil, which is 212, so a little bit less than that, maybe 200 to 205. Okay. I put it through an AeroPress. They're like 30 bucks at Bed Bath & Beyond. Change your life. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's also about the time that the beans are in with the water. So I usually let it sit for like a minute to steep while I'm kind of stirring it with my little wand there with the AeroPress. And then you just plunge it, and, yeah, people are always like, dude, this is the best coffee. It's it's phenomenal, yeah. man. Okay, so now that before your next sip, yep. if I say the word blueberries, now have a sip. Hmm. I could t- taste a little hint of it's, that. That's, it's that's kind that's of known wild. for its notes of blueberry. Oh, that's funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good, But it's a,
1: it's a farm that Pete's owns in Ethiopia, hmm. so I guess when you get to their level, you can just kind of dominate the market. Do, do whatever you want. I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh,
0: so so let me ask you this. I mean, you think... So the AeroPress, is that the best way to, to brew? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean,
1: I've tried a lot of different methods. I've tried all the Chemex, all the... Just about anything you can imagine. My wife got me for Christmas a couple of years something called the Espro press, which is pretty good. It's like a French press, but mm. the it, it's not as grainy at the end of the day because the, the filters are a little bit that's, finer. Yeah, that's my
0: problem with the French uh, press is just, you know, you get yeah, so much yeah. coffee. It's like my yeah. dad used to drink instant coffee growing up, right? Like <laughs> yeah, that's, my dad too. That's what me of. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
1: So I definitely tell people like invest in an AeroPress. It's thirty bucks. The one I've had has lasted me like six years. Oh wow! Yeah you got these little filters that come in a pack, and they're really cheap. So then you just got to focus on getting the good beans. So do you boil the water in a kettle, or does it no, I, in there too? No, I have like a, a water dispenser at my house <laughs> where we have like oh, a delivery. Okay. So It's got hot and cold. Just hot type yeah. thing. Yeah. But once I get it out of the hot side, I, also, I stick in the microwave for just a few seconds because I want to get it to just the right temperature. It's oh, like yeah. a science with me. So, but once I, I, I get that. I
0: mean, yeah, I, I use uh, so my wife got me a, a Chemex last Christmas and I love it. Yeah, but I mean, you can't my go wrong with it. The problem with it is, you know, unless you block off 40 minutes in the morning to make your coffee, it, it really doesn't do much value, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I know one of the things I read is, and it really is science, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a novice compared to you, but. You know, what I what I've noticed was if I pour just a little bit of water at first to kind of let the gases escape, mm-hmm. the smell of those gases is disgusting. But hmm. right? it's it's crazy. It's like yeah, yeah. wow. But the, the difference between and I'm talking even with like Folgers or like Dunkin' Donuts coffee, the difference in taste between that or just a regular drip is night and day difference. Right. And it's like the uh I don't know if it's the like acidity of it or whatever, it's yeah. like it has that like tangy taste. When you do it in just a regular coffee pot. Yeah. But it's so convenient.
1: Yeah. Right? I mean. So the thing you want to do with a Chemex, too, is um, you want to, like, you don't want to have that paper filter taste. So you always put the hot water through the paper first, let it drain, and then pour that out. Then you put your coffee hmm. in. Then you put the water again. Um, But you also, the thing people don't do is they don't grind, like, right before you brew. Like, I won't grind coffee until I'm ready to brew it. And it just blows my mind when I see people go through the line at Costco, get like a five pound bag of coffee beans, go over to the Costco grinder. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Throw yeah, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah. through the grinder. It's like, it's only good for a couple of days, really, because once the oxygen hits those grinds, like, they don't last as long. So
0: so what about, what's, what's the best, I mean, this is phenomenal. What's the best type of, you know, coffee bean to use for an AeroPress or Chemex? Is, does it matter what you?
1: No, it's all about what you like. Like, hmm. I like them all roast. I'm typically more of a medium roast type person, yeah. but I have days where I do light. I have days where I do dark. That's considered a dark by Pete's, but it's not on the real dark end. And it's an African coffee, so it's got like those lighter notes. Right. So they roast it dark, so it's got that nice like balance. What is more caffeine, darker or light? Light. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was wondering that. Yeah, I think the more you roast it, the more the caffeine kind of cooks out or bakes out or whatever you hmm. roast out. Yeah, this is good, man. Yeah,
0: and I also don't put anything in like ever. It. So that's how I can tell if coffee's good or bad. Yeah, it's like my, uh, you know, my wife likes to, whatever, whatever season it is, that's the flavor that she's gonna put in, right? So it's like in the fall, it's pumpkin spice. Wintertime, it's like you know peppermint mocha. Springtime, it'll turn to like you know caramel or something, <laughs> right? It's 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 always flavored something. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I started drinking coffee black. Not by choice, but out of, one, convenience. Mm-hmm. And, two, I, I made a cup of coffee. This is probably maybe 13 years ago, right around the time I got into recruiting. And I made a cup of coffee, and I put a couple creamers in it, and it instantly curdled up. Yeah. And I was like, yep, done with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I'll just yeah. stick to black yeah. for now.
1: I like it black. I also, like, sometimes I put in just a little bit of sugar and a little bit of heavy cream. But I could go either way. Well, that, a uh, couple weeks ago, that, that
0: iced coffee that we had. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I would never order that because it's way too sweet. Oh, the but one the fact that he made it, it like not so sweet. was like
1: cinnamon vanilla. Dude, that yeah, was good, that was good. Man. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, if I ever do a drink now, like a Starbucks style, like caramel something or mocha something, I always say half sweet. All right, so Starbucks. Yeah. I know uh, everybody
0: either loves it or hates it, right? I mean, a lot of reasons for both. Yeah. I like it because I feel like their coffee's strong, Mm -hmm. but the taste of the coffee always has tasted burnt to me. Yeah. Like every single cup I've ever had, it tastes burnt. That's what they're known for. Yeah. Is that by, like on purpose?
1: Yeah. I think they they have kind of marketed that taste of burnt Mm. coffee. Now, like coffee purists or whatever you would call them, enthusiasts would say, they're just using like average beans and burning them because Mm. like the taste isn't quite as good Like, they're just at this point, they're just bringing in bulk beans from these fields in Colombia. They're just like the whole mountain. Whereas, like, the really good beans are like small batch, small farms, um, even like roasted in small batches. And Starbucks has these just huge Hmm. vats. And I mean, I I have nothing bad to say about Starbucks. I'll drink it. I have a few drinks that are kind of my go tos. Um, But it's not, yeah, I would prefer Pete's. And then, of course, like, all the different coffee shops. As you get closer to D.C., I'll hit Swings, or Blue Bottle, or Compass, or... Never never even heard of half of those.
0: Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's... uh, I mean, I love coffee, and I certainly drink a ton of it throughout the day. But what I notice about Starbucks is, you know, I've got a a couple guys, anytime they go to Starbucks, hey, I'm going to go get coffee, do you want anything? I'm the easiest one, right? Because everybody else has to write out their orders, I want this, I'm like, yeah, just a cup of coffee, black. Like light, medium. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just give me a coffee. <laughs> and but what's funny is, no matter what roast I get, it tastes the same to me almost every single time at Starbucks, except for their Thanksgiving blend and their Christmas blend because they have yeah. a little more spice to it. Yeah. Everything else tastes exactly the same. Burnt coffee. So yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm like, just get whatever. Get yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Um, what about yeah. uh, what about like when you get into You know, so I went to school down in South Florida, and I actually lived in Miami for a while, and they used to drink a lot of like Cuban coffee. Yeah, right. So, could you use? And I'm asking this because I was at Costco last weekend, and I almost bought the five pound bag of
1: Cuban beans. The Mayorga one with the yellow, the yellow Mayorga bag. Yeah. How is it? It's not bad. Okay. But they have better beans. Yeah. There's the. I think they have one called the Roast Master that's really good. They have a Mocha Java that's really good. Um, Yeah, I actually I like their stuff. Okay. Yep. This is good coffee, man. Yeah. So tell me about the Miami. I don't think I know about the Miami. Like, how did you end up down there?
0: So actually, uh, when I went to high school, I played uh, football and baseball. And every spring break, we used to go down to Delray Beach, Florida. Okay. Um, You know, that was kind of our...
1: This was the team? This
0: was the team. The whole team. The whole high school team would go down there. Nice. And we went to Bucky Dent's baseball camp. And we didn't do the camp or anything, but we went there. We would practice, you know, three three times a day. We'd have, you know, a game or two every other day. But it was a whole week of just being down there. We'd go to, you know, at the time it was before the Marlins were there. But we would go to, like, you know, minor league games. Yeah. like You know, just fun stuff, spring training games. It was good bonding, but it was also good practice because up here in Northern Virginia, it was cold as heck, and no one was playing baseball. They were just hitting indoors. Yeah. We'd be down there, you know, in a week we'd get in, you know, anywhere from six to ten games. So we'd be well well played, ready to go. We'd get back up here and just, you know, own people. Um, but after... Was this
1: like a travel team? No, nah, this, okay. yeah, this, so this is our, okay. our high school team. Okay. This is our high school team. Yeah, we
0: went down every year. and Yeah. Yeah, so we got to know the area, and, uh, you know, I ended up coaching the baseball team uh, two years after I left, and went down with the team as a coach, and it was a whole different experience because we were able to drink beer and all yeah. kinds of stuff, but I ended up going over to FAU, which was the local college down there, and walked over to the baseball field and, you know, kind of checked it out. I'm like, man, this place is, this place is awesome, right? So a buddy of mine was like, hey, man, let's, let's move to Florida. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, oh, where? <laughs> and he's like, dude, Bucky Dent's. Right, just like high school. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> Bucky dense. Like like who just thinks on a whim, let's move to Florida and we moved to Florida. Yeah. That's what we did. I had no intentions of going back to school or any of that stuff. Yeah. I just wanted to move to Florida. I'm like, Yeah, it's beautiful down here, people are friendly. Of course I got down there and you know, three weeks later I registered for classes and yeah. went to FAU. But yeah, it was uh know, it's kinda of funny when you look back, right? Because there's no way I would have gone down there. If I didn't know of Bucky Dent's baseball yeah. school, so when I say I didn't learn anything in school, I guess I did, because <laughs> it ultimately led to my life. And so that's you know, where my you sister. met Yeah, we met down there. Yeah, she was my bartender.
1: Was she originally from there?
0: No, she was. Uh, so now we're getting all weird, man. So she uh, <laughs> she originally grew up. She was born in New Jersey and moved to New York when she was five years old. And moved down to Florida, you know, when she was 18, you know, went to school down there, was bartending down there. I was born in New Jersey and lived there until I was sixth grade, moved to Virginia, and then went to school up in northwestern Maryland initially, then transferred down to FAU and met her four or five years after I lived there. Okay. So, you know, same circles, same people, same friends. Once we met, we started talking. And it turns out that she's two weeks older than me. We were both born in the same town in New Jersey. Her brother was born in the same hospital as me. She lived in an apartment. Her parents were divorced. My parents That's were crazy. divorced. She lived in an apartment complex. There was an elementary school and then another apartment complex. I lived in that other apartment complex when I was five years old. So we lived next door to each other. That's crazy. I Had no idea. Yeah. Her Her mother knows my aunt's family. All right, so very yeah. weird, man. Yeah. And we met in a bar in Florida. Yeah. Right, so kind of wild when you think about, you know, you, you look back, right? I mean, I think when you're going through whatever you go through in life, it's hard to, you know, kind of, let they say, see the forest through the trees, right? It's, yeah. It's hard to connect the dots as you're going through good times, bad times, whatever it is. But once you get through it and you kind of look backwards, yeah. it all makes sense, right? And, and I think that leads into, like, you know, just regret, right? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for me... The only regret I have is I didn't enlist in the military because I thought I was gonna play professional baseball and or football. Yeah. Well, neither happened. <laughs> you know, and, and while I say it's a regret, I guess it's not because my life wouldn't have turned out the way it did if yeah. I did enlist, but there's a little piece of me that's like, Man, like definitely wish I enlisted. Of course my father, you know, was an old Vietnam, you know, tunnel rat and napalm guy, so he was yeah. like, Hell no, you're not you're not doing anything. Yeah, my you dad was away. in Vietnam too. Yeah. You know, but that was a whole different world, man. That was a whole, you know, different experience that those guys went through.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. How about you? You're
0: you're from Colorado originally.
1: Yeah, western Colorado. We moved, born in Nebraska in Omaha. My dad was like a medical student there at uh, University of Nebraska at Omaha. And then when he graduated, um, shortly thereafter, he's a physical therapist. And so... He got offered a job at a hospital out in Western Colorado. So hmm. our family was like kind of the first, because my parent my parents were from the same town too, and all their families are in those same small towns in Nebraska. So um, yeah, our family moved to Western Colorado. Um, eventually, then like my grandparents and another aunt and uncle came out. But yeah, grew up out in the mountains. Yeah, it's beautiful out there, man. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. So so, so your dad, physical therapist. My yeah. brother's a physical therapist. Really? Yeah, but around around here, um, specializes in like sports medicine. Okay. You know, so uh, he's got all kinds of. I mean, he's he's the brains of the family. Yeah. But he uh, he's got all these you know baseball specific certifications. Interesting. Um, I mean, like cool stuff like yeah, like one so of like twenty five like pros guys. and stuff. So he's like... he's trying to, um, you know, his current company kind of focuses because they're they're actually owned by. You know, like surgeons. Mm-hmm. So they focus on a lot of people with, like, you know, back surgeries and spinal fusions and stuff like that. Yeah. But his passion is the sports world, right? Yeah. Specifically baseball because, you know, there's really not a lot of, you know, groups that focus on, you know, the right way to, you know, stretch and exercise and especially with, I mean, arms. I mean, geez, man, like, nowadays, I mean, kids, I mean, I see it I see it in, you know, 9-year-olds. Kids' arms are shot by the time they're 13 years old because yeah. they're playing. You know, they play their regular season. Then they'll play a travel league. And some of these kids are playing, you know, 80 to 100 games a yeah, year. Yeah, I don't get that, man. Which is crazy because when we were growing up, we weren't allowed to play more than 12. Yeah. Right? Like, you were capped at 12, and that was it. These guys are playing. It's like a professional schedule. And their arms are, I mean, they're not even developed yet, right? Yeah. Like, they, they don't have muscles. Yeah. So by the time they actually get to a, you know, high school or beyond, they're done. Like, they, they physically cannot play anymore. Yeah. You know, or you got high schoolers that are getting Tommy John surgery, which is just
1: mind-blowing, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's crazy how just sports, especially, I don't know, I'm sure it's everywhere, but especially in Northern Virginia, like, people take it so seriously and try to get everything so specialized and everybody has to be in the travel league and have oh, personal man. trainers and, like, specialty coaches and go to every camp. And it's, like, like at the end of the day, like, if your son can throw 100 miles an hour, like, that's just a gift from God. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. so, like, a lot of people just can't physically do that. So, like, if you're getting up to, like, you know, in the 90s at a young age, you, I, if I were their parent, I'd say, hey, we need to, like, back off a little bit because this is a gift that you have. Like, so, let's wait, yeah.
0: Well, it's 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 funny because I'm, I'm totally anti-travel, baseball especially, but travel sports. Yeah. Um, you know, time and place, I think it was a, you know, sure, it was a good idea. I mean, like, the elite kids should be playing elite sports. But the problem is, and again, I mean, not to harp on ego, as always, but the problem is that you have all these, you know, parents that live vicariously through their kids. Yeah. Right? They either weren't any good or they were and they're not now. But they're determined that they're going to live their life and satisfy their itch through their sons or daughters, right? And what happens is the first travel team starts up and it's with good intentions. It's, hey, we got the best kids. You know, let's go compete, play in these tournaments, whatever it is. But all of a sudden, you know, your son isn't getting the playing time you think he deserves. So then you break off from my team and start up your own travel team. You take half the kids with you. Yeah. And then, you know, A year down the road, that team splits into two different teams. And before you know it, five, six, seven years go by, and you've got eight different travel teams, which if you do the math, just pure numbers, you have maybe the first best kid is on one team, the second best kid is on another team, the third is on another. So what you have is you have an average team. And they go to these tournaments, and they get their butts whooped. And it's like, wait a minute, I thought we were a travel team, I thought we were elite. Then these kids all come back together for high school, Mm -hmm. and they have no idea how to play together. Yeah. Because they've always been against each other. Yeah. So there's no chemistry, there's no camaraderie. Yeah. They didn't grow up together. They didn't learn stuff together. Yeah. And they didn't have fun. Yeah. Right? I mean, like the number of kids that I see, you know, in baseball, basketball, football, whatever it is, that you lose every year, and it's because the kids aren't having fun anymore. Right? It's Yeah. I mean, it's kinda sad to see. Like, I mean and, and, and again, I mean, I look at it as if, if I have ten kids this season, Next season, I want to see that all 10 of those kids came back. Yeah. If they came back, awesome. You know, you did your job as a coach, made it fun, they're learning, they're getting better. But if all of a sudden, you know, you had 10 kids this year and two of them came back next year, dude, the coach or the parents, somebody did something (laughs) wrong there. Because kids don't just stop wanting to have fun.
1: Yeah. Dude, yeah, I don't know if you've picked up on this. One of the things I've started to realize that I think is true is this whole push towards um, travel teams there's this urban legend that goes around that if you want to play your high school sport, you got to have come up in travel, which I never bought. I think nah, it's like cool that cool. self looking ice cream cone that's like, because you have to pay for travel. Yep. So all these programs are making all this money off of parents based on this false reality that, oh, well, if you want your kids to play in high school. I'm like, no. No, it's, it's, if, if it's you're, crazy. If your kid's 6'10 and can jump out of the building, trust me, he's going to be playing varsity basketball. Yep. If your kid's 5'8 and slow, he probably not, but that's not the end of the world. He could be a great tennis player. He could be a great golfer. You know, he or she could be, you know, something else. Just don't think that they're going to play on the varsity basketball team. But but it it goes into, you
0: know, parents and people, right? I mean, just, just humans. They're always looking for the next thing. Like, what... What can I buy? Who can I pay? Who can do this? Who can do that?
1: Oh, the freaking college scandal stuff! It's insane. Case in point, right? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's
0: it's it's ridiculous that you think, right? Like, all right, I want to be I want to be six foot four. Well, buy this, you know, machine. Like, remember those things that hold you upside down and it stretches you out, or, or I don't know if if you had it, but I think we were in, probably, a, I don't know, tenth grade, eleventh grade. When those, uh, those platform shoes. Dude, I shoes had them. I was just going to say that. The strength shoes. I was like, dude, these, my calves are going to blow up with these. And I'm going to be, I'm going to have a seven foot vertical. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> and we used to walk around for days at a
1: time wearing those things. Yeah. Dude, I did the same thing. I don't thing. think it did anything. Like, for which sport were you trying to increase rugby, your Rugby. Rugby. Okay. Dude, did you ever notice on the box when you got the strength shoes, there's like this warning? Like, Hey, don't take it. Don't don't go all in like right off the bat cuz your calves need time to adjust. It's like this like it could be extreme danger for the calves. <laughs> I get those things. I put them on. I go out and like run a couple miles, do all these jumping jacks, do <laughs> just spend the rest of the day working out in these strength shoes. Literally for the next 2 weeks, I couldn't even walk. Oh, yeah. I was crawling around my house. My calves were destroyed. But the thing is, I was I mean, crawling up the stairs. I couldn't do a thing. The way
0: those things were <laughs> shaped, right? It was almost like uh I don't know, it was like a spaceship in a way, right? Like the the circular bottom. And so if you think about it, it's almost like standing on your tippy toes on, like, stairs for a day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or constant
1: calf lifts. Dude, yeah, that was, I've never destroyed my legs like that first day I got my strength shoes. (laughs) It was nuts. But, dude, I would have done anything to have been Jordan. Like, just to be able to jump up over people and dunk on people, like, that was the dream.
0: Dude, I think of uh, I know we've we've talked about you know Xanadu in the past, you know fat burners or remember when uh, you know Andrew was out Andrew Steen, the cream that uh, mm-hmm. Mark Mark McGuire, Sammy yeah, Sosa, yeah. right in the middle of the you know the home run race and and you know Mark McGuire went from being I mean a, a good guy but you know relatively skinny for the most part yeah. to frigging superhero build right <laughs> yeah. like literally within a year right yeah. and and all of a sudden. You know, they're like, people are speculating, oh, I think he's using steroids. And what do you say? Oh, no, it's it's Andro cream. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this cream that had like, uh, I think it's like Androstene or something, that you would rub on your, your chest and rub on your quads. And that was why he basically went from like a size 36 coat to a size 98 coat <laughs> was yeah. this cream. So, of course, his head size. that's a bunch of dumb college kids. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm buying Andro, man. That Yeah, I'm going to get ripped. It's did crazy. you try it? Oh, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> Didn't yeah. work. Is
1: Didn't that the work. same stuff that Barry Bonds was saying he was doing? Yeah, I think his he mean, was. His in, body composition, yeah. that was crazy. You too. know,
0: his, um, I, I forget the exact amount, but his head, his head physically grew almost two or three hat sizes. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> As a, you know, that, that's, that's actually, that brings up another point, man, with professional baseball players and, and steroids during that period. Um, Up until the steroid era, the average peak age, right, so you know, you think Major League Baseball players in 100 years, their peak age was, like, between 20 and 22. Okay. Peak. Start going down after that. In the steroid era, the (laughs) peak age was, like, 34 or 35. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, in the list, I mean, Sosa, McGuire... You know, uh, Bonds, um, you know, Jason Giambi. Yeah. I mean, like, Roger Clemens. I mean, think of all these guys that were literally, they were doing what Nolan Ryan did without steroids. They were doing it with steroids. Yeah. Right? I mean, that just goes to show how much of a beast yeah. Nolan Ryan was. I yeah. Mean.
1: If The the older you get, the farther your bombs are flying out of stadiums, there's something that's not quite right. It's crazy. <laughs> and and, and you,
0: you can tell when these guys get injured, right? Because, I mean, when you're, you know, when you're frigging muscles – are growing so fast that you know the tendons and the joints can't support them. Yeah, dude, that that's not supposed to happen. Like, I kids yeah. see that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I look at some of those guys. I'm like, damn. Yeah, McGuire, he's looking good, man. He's <laughs> almost 40 years old, and he looks like he's a friggin' monster. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's yeah, yeah. The steroid thing yeah, that that drove me nuts. So I had buddies, I had buddies in rugby that that were juicing. They used to piss me off because. I'd be busting my butt off. Yeah. Lifting like crazy. And they'd lift, you know, half as much and they'd, you know, double in size. And I'm going, man, that's all right, you'll pay the price 20 years from now.
1: <laughs> yeah. The thing with that was like, you know, like I, I believe, you know, winners never cheat, cheaters never win. But at the end of the day, the cheaters made a whole bunch of money. A whole bunch, man. That the non-cheaters didn't make.
0: You know? It's, it's uh you know, speaking of the cheaters, I know we talked about the, the Astros uh, the other day. I was I was pleased to see that yesterday Aaron Judge finally voiced out, basically telling uh, saying that the Astros should that be stripped of the 2017 World Series championship. And and that, I don't know, I mean, not that I'm his dad or anything, but that kind of made me proud because I'm like, man. Because, you know, like I was saying, he's such a good guy. Yeah. But the one issue I have with him is he, he's too good of a guy. Right, so he doesn't push back, and I think that, you know, that old saying of like nice guys finish last. I don't believe that, but I do think that the reason people say that is because a lot of nice people, they they never stand up for themselves. They never push back when they're getting kind of like, I don't, I don't say picked on, but you know, yeah. people are challenging him, right? And Aaron Judge, I mean, he's you know, he's six foot eight, right? So he's a he's a monster of a man, and sometimes these umpires will call strikes on him at his ankles. Right, you can't expect a guy to cover literally a six-foot strike zone. It's yeah. not possible. Yeah. But he doesn't ever say anything, which I I respect. Like that's yeah. awesome, man. Dude, like I love that. But yeah. there are times where you got to maybe after the game or before the game, like talk to the ump and say, Hey, man, listen, I'm six foot eight. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna hit that pitch. Not today. Not tomorrow. Never. Yeah. You know, and and so the fact that he's actually voicing out saying, Yeah, you know what, you guys cheated. You don't deserve this. How can you possibly celebrate the fact that you you earned this because you didn't earn it? Yeah. That I love it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. man, like yeah. do it. Now I just hope that it doesn't come back that the Yankees were cheating too cuz <laughs> yeah. Then it all suck.
1: Yeah. I think that that piece of like people that have courage like that is part of being a good guy or a nice guy. Or like the fact that I think people that are spineless like that's not a good quality to have. You can people can say you're a nice guy all day, but if you're spineless, Dude, no. So, so, all right.
0: So, speaking of courage, right? How how does that um, how does that translate to you know the schools nowadays, right? And, and just kids in general, right? Because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the stuff you see in the news. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 basically think that everybody's walking around with a gun and everybody's going to use it, right? I mean, but but at the end of the day, I mean, when I look at you know schools now, there's a big push for the the anti-bullying campaign. Right, yeah. and, and I'm not saying I'm against it. I I I think it's good to you know to do that, but you know nowadays, kids get suspended from school because they you know call somebody fat or stupid or they push somebody. Right? Mm-hmm. No nope, no punches thrown, none of that stuff, but they get suspended for it. Yeah. And it's almost like they're, I don't know, like ostracized from the whole world. Right? Like like, whereas for me growing up. And, and and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I never told on anybody. I mean, unless I mean, it, maybe <laughs> if they were doing crazy crazy stuff, then yeah. But yeah, you know, there was a lot more. I don't know policing amongst yourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was almost like a pecking order, right? It's it's like in elementary school in New Jersey is a weird place, so maybe it's just completely an outlier. But I can remember not every day, but several times a week. You know, I'd be either riding my bike to school, and I'd see at the bike rack, you know, a bunch of the eighth graders because we were kindergarten to eighth grade. You know, I'm in fifth grade. I'd see a bunch of the eighth graders either picking on one of my buddies that was in fifth grade or somebody that was in fourth grade, and I'd run over and you know either tell them to stop or I'd you know throw a punch at one of them. Next the thing I'd know, I'm on the ground getting the crap beat out of me. Yeah. They would take my bike and throw it up on the the roof of the the little shed next to the bike rack, and I'm like, oh come on guys. Yeah. But after school. I would go home, and my neighbor, who lived, Nate, who lived across the street from me, was in ninth grade, and I'd tell him, i say, hey, Nate, Sean, Devin, you know, Kevin all did this to me. He'd go and get his buddies, and they'd go and <laughs> beat the crap out of them. And I knew what was coming the next day, but that was just kind of the, the way it, it was. Yeah. Right? And, and I, honest to God, I think that that helped me in life. Like, I'm glad that it went that way.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, there's, like, that difference of, like, I think kids these days, it's so taboo that you can't fight, that sometimes fighting is the right thing to do. You know? I agree. Like, I tell my kids, like, especially if you're being picked on and you're getting beat up, yeah, you can fight back. And especially if you see somebody bullying someone else, yep. then you can definitely step in and they need to be put on the ground because that's just not okay. But it's this—that's like the knee jerk has become, well, I don't want to be the kid that's like violent it's like, well, no, there's a time and place for it. Like, we went into Pakistan to hook out Osama bin Laden. Why? Because he killed a bunch of our people, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I totally, I think it has, I mean, there's always that balance. Like, you don't want kids just fighting to fight, but... No, yeah, you know?
0: and, 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 and you know, our rule is similar. I mean, it's, you know, like my, especially my boys, they, they know darn well, they better not be the one that starts fights, they better not be picking on anybody because if I find out, then there's going to be a fight, right? It's, it's, you know, I'm not saying that, but at the same time, if, you know, someone's messing with you or someone's messing with a buddy or, to your point, somebody you don't even know, or, and this is another topic that that I see a lot more of now or you hear about it in in the news, if, you know, someone's pushing, hitting, touching, harassing a female, like, my boys know that girls are, they're God. Like, if anybody is touching, you know, your sister or, you know, looking at something, you you have permission to just strike. Yeah. And it's it's funny because we had this happen, I don't know, if I think it was last year. So, my daughter was in eighth grade. And we had, there was a boy that just always messed with her. And mm-hmm. I know, like, at you know, eighth grade, I mean, come on, we know boys, they're freaking animals. But I, I'm sure he liked her. And, you know, by being mean to her, that's just the, kind of their way. But one day... I, like, happen to look at her arm, and she's got a cut on her arm. And I'm like, what happened to your arm? And she's like, oh, nothing. I'm like, what happened to your arm? Yeah. And she looked at my wife immediately. And I'm like, don't look at her. What happened to your arm? Yeah. And she says, oh, you know, this this boy pushed me into a locker. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. And she goes, yeah, but but it, it's fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. He did What? And she's like, yeah, you know, he was he was joking around, and he pushed me. I'm like, you have a cut on your arm, yeah, and it's all bruised around. I'm like, that's not, he's not joking with you. I'm like, who is this kid, right? I want to know who he is. I want to talk to him. I want to meet him. She's like, no, 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 I'll I'll handle it. I said, "Uh, okay. Well, how are you going to handle it? She's like, I'm I'm going to go talk to you know the guidance counselor. I said, okay. I said, here's the deal. You're going to talk to her, and then you know nowadays they all have phones. I said, you're going to text me as soon as you talk to her. Yeah. I said, if I don't hear from you by noon. I'm calling the school and I'm going to the school to talk to her. Yeah. So she did. The next day she talked to her. <laughs> but it, it kind of brought up another conversation the next day where I said, hey, I said, did you tell anybody else about this? And, you know, she starts mentioning a bunch of boys that she knows. Yeah, I told him and him and him. And I said, well, what'd they do? And she said, oh, they they laughed and said, oh, yeah, that'll be so-and-so. That's that's him. Boys will be boys. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So we're eating dinner. And again, you know, at the time, my boys were eight and five. So kindergarten and third grade. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, boys, I got a question for you. I'm like, yeah, Dad. I said, if you saw a boy push a girl that you knew or didn't know in school into a locker and she cut her arm, what would you do? And my, my eight-year-old, he goes, I bash his head in, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then my five-year-old's like, yeah, I'd, I'd kick him in the nuts or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, hey, you know what? I said, so let me ask you something, honey. I said, if if your two nut brothers, a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, know how to handle that situation, yeah.
1: how do your your friends yeah. not know how to
0: yeah. handle that situation?
1: Yeah. dude, Like, I'm, repulsive, man. Yeah. And everyone in high school thinks everyone, like... It's. really <laughs> cares so much about what people think, because like in her mind, she probably can't even imagine that kids would find out and it would become a thing. Yeah. Because in high school, you're just trying to keep your head down. Do you think everybody's thinking about you. I tell my daughter all the time, doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> dude, she was like freaking out one day because she couldn't find the one pair of jeans that she had washed and dried. I said, "What about the jeans you had on yesterday?" She's like, "Dad, what did, did you just do say?" <laughs> the jeans I wore yesterday. I said, "Yeah, wear them again." They're cool. How dare you? She's like, everyone would notice that I'm wearing the same jeans twice. I'm like, trust me. No one would notice. You think you would. But everybody at your school is cared about what they're wearing. Like, if they did, that's on them. Like, I've worn the same pair of jeans, like, multiple. Maybe I didn't in high school, but it's it's a funny, like, mindset, you know? I I, I will. (laughs) I mean, I'll go go weeks without washing a pair of jeans. They're jeans, right? Because
0: that's the other thing is when you, nowadays, jeans are made so crappy you wash them 10 times and they're like tissues yeah right which I guess brings to another thing the ripped jeans thing right like I was joking around with my daughter and you know I'm like why do you buy jeans that have like 15 holes in them when you buy them like what's the point of that right like that's the style now yeah and, uh, you know, so I always make fun of her. But last week, we lost in basketball, of course. So we're 0-7. <laughs> and, but, but we were playing uh, one of the local, uh, you know, gym teachers. Actually, my kid's old gym teacher. and Great dude. And after the game, <clears throat> you know, we're walking out to the car. I'm like, man, that was a, that was a tough game. And, uh, you know, I asked my 11-year-old, I said, hey, honey, how did we do? And she's like, dad, I think you lost because uh, your jeans had less holes than the other coach's jeans. <laughs>
1: Because no, he had a lot, of, a lot of holes in his jeans. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Dude, I was just thinking of one thing when we were talking about the nice guy stuff. It's funny because I think, like, our society, like, as a Christian, everybody w- would say, like, oh, well, Jesus was such a nice guy. Just this guy that walked around and loved everybody. He was so nice. Like, have you read the stories? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, do you see some of the stuff he did? <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if you've seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so these kids are in this land where all these, like, scary things are happening, right? And so finally they're about ready to go meet Aslan. And the, the girl says, oh, well, who is this guy? Like, what, what is he like? Is, is he safe? Because that's all they can think about. Is he safe? And the guy goes, well, he's not safe, but he's good. So it's kind of like one mm-hmm. of those things of, like, do I want to be safe? Do I want to be a safe dad? Do I want to be a safe husband? Do I want to be a safe coworker? Not really. Yeah, no. I want to be good, but I think everybody's so focused on being like this nice, safe person.
0: Well, and that's yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's funny because I, I look at it as, and I talked to one of my guys today, you know, because I he had asked for a favor, and you know, we we did it for him, and you know, he's all appreciative, and he's called me two or three times since like hey I just want to thank you. I'm like, no, no, you don't thank us like that's what we're here for right we're here to, to help right I mean yeah. and that, that goes to a greater picture right? I mean I think it's all of us are here to help yeah. right so it's it's and sometimes that help comes in delivering bad news you know and sometimes it's good news and sometimes it's loaning money sometimes it's you know physically picking somebody up or you know whatever it is but I think you know my whole philosophy is you know You're here, and all the stuff that you've learned, like to this point, right? So you're how old? Thirty-eight. I keep thinking you're the same age as me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, well, whatever. But 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 at thirty-eight years old, you know, you've learned a ton of stuff, right, from a ton of different places, right? Yeah. You know, books, the military. You know, living in Colorado, living here, like the marriage, being a father. Like, there's so many things that you've learned that a lot of other people have not learned. Yeah. Right, they haven't been exposed to it, they haven't wanted to, they're, you know, they're sheltered whatever it is. But I think, you know, like your job is to take everything that you've learned and pass it on to other people. Yeah. Right? Because
1: I mean, think about it. Think if and that's centered around mistakes that I've made. Absolutely. Because that's how you learn and that's how you can actually help people not make those mistakes. Yeah, but it's it's you know, it's one of those things where like think if you took everything you know at
0: 38 and you were able to get it into a 10 year old. And that 10 year old, their starting point is everything you know at 38. Oh, yeah. What can they accomplish? Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's, and I know there's tons of people that think that, too. I mean, Gary Vee is like that, right? It's, it's, you know, don't, oh, how dare you take that to your grave, right? Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, you see so many, you know, usually it's old, bitter men, right? Like, well, it's mine. I'm, Why should I have to do this for you? You know, I I had to work hard to to you know to get to where I am. Okay, yeah, that's great, but that doesn't mean you can't share the knowledge. Because the truth is, half the time you share the knowledge with someone, they still don't know what to do with it. Yeah, right. But at least you did your part to say, hey, you know, here's what I did. Here's here's what worked. Here's what doesn't work. Right? Because I'm all about you know making mistakes. But if you can learn from other people's mistakes, yeah, that's even better, man. Like, yeah, (laughs) saves a lot of time. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Well, do you wanna? Wrap this up. Yeah, man. I um, mean, you know, I think you know the biggest thing, and you know this is number five. We're just trying to you know put the good word out there. Yeah. You know, if you if you like it at all, you know give us uh, give us some feedback.
1: You know, tell a friend. Yeah. Good you know. feedback or bad feedback. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Or Constant criticism is yeah, fine. Something something we talk too much about. Something we don't talk about enough. If you have any specific topics. You know, we're out in Northern Virginia, so maybe if there's something in this area specifically that we can get to the bottom of, it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. we're
0: also, uh, you know, we're also going to start bringing on some guests, you know, yeah, some uh, you know different walks of life, which hopefully adds to uh, you know to some of the experiences. So yeah, you know if you if you know you know people, you know anybody that wants to uh, you know share a story, share something, make people laugh, maybe have a product that you want to you know kind of pitch out there. Yeah, happy to, to have you guys on
1: yeah probably the best way to reach us is on our instagram it's the um at what is that called the the handle is just share the share, share the, the mic. mic yeah so dm us there and uh yeah thanks all right brother